You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate from Quarantine. I feel like I have never recorded more podcasts in a consecutive uh, time because, one, I, as a multi-hyphenate, I'm so used to just, like, you know, my schedule going from half hour to, you know, on the half hour from point A to point B. I make the joke all the time that... It's like in On the Town when uh, Chip comes up with the uh, itinerary when they get to New York City in the 24-hour trip. And he goes, uh, what is it? 10 a.m. Greenwich Village and uh, 10.30 uh, the Bronx or something like that. It's like, it's it, it, whatever the joke is, I'm always like, yes, that's very true and relatable. But um, I am so excited. This episode is going to bring me so much joy. I don't care about all of you listening. It's going to bring <laughs> me so much joy. Uh because I am talking with John Schwab today. How are you, sir? Oh, thanks, Michael. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I am I am fine. And just like yourself, I am stuck in quarantine, self-isolation limbo. And uh, so um, I, am, I am excited to do this. I mean, this is, I finished the work for the day. I've had supper. The kids are fed, watered. Um, and they've been put away, and I am ready to relax with this nice conversation with you. I love that. I you basically answered my next question, and and usually I open up. Um, it's so funny. It's it, 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 it recording podcasts and figuring out like and matching energies as an empath. I you know I take on the energies of other people, and and I and I do a good job of of matching energies and figuring out you know how we're going to get from point A to point B. But it's so funny. It's like you answered the. Uh, the question that I was going to ask. And I usually start out with, um, tell me about the rose and thorn of your day. <laughs> well, the rose was just, um, look, I, we all find ourselves in a, what a crazy situation. So the rose is waking up healthy. You know, yes. I honestly thank my higher power for another day. And um, I started off nice and and it was a beautiful day. Like the sun was shining. Um, I went out and I worked um, on my own podcast. I did a bit of editing and I was kind of sitting there doing great creating stuff, which is what I love to do. Yeah. Um, the thorn is that I'm not able to, to 
commune with people. I mean, that's I I am a social animal. I need mm. to go out. I need to say hello to people. I need physical touch and interaction. And it is just really difficult to to you know what? I am brilliant at self-isolating. And I was so, just hoping you were going to put a period at the end of brilliant. Just, I am brilliant. Thank I you, am John. Brilliant. Yes. I am brilliant. Most days there would be a period, but I listen, I can isolate with the best of them. But if you tell me I can't go outside, who, I mean, it's like, stop me. I must go. What's your sign? I am a Virgo. Okay. I think that makes sense then. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Social, social creature to the end and making everybody happy. I'm a people pleaser. And it's what I like to do is just to make people smile and, and, and kind of that fills me um, with happiness. I think that's why I get along with Virgos because I'm a cancer. Right. Um, and I'm super sensitive and emotional, but I, you know, I, I personally thrive off of the interaction of others. And I think that's why I've been recording a podcast episode uh, a dear multi-hyphenate episode every just about every single day because wow. this is my yeah this is my literally this is my window to the outside world that is insane and wonderful i listen i i know how much it goes into producing a podcast and and also um you know carrying on a conversation and engaging in banter and everything else. Um, but knowing there's another one coming the next day, I know how hard that can be. And um, we did a little series, you know, we have a, on the Curtain Call Theater podcast, we have a little series called Take Your Bow. And for the first two weeks of, of quarantine, we had someone different on every day. And I, I was recording and, and editing and putting out an episode from uh, Take Your Bow series every single day. And I know what that takes to and those are short episodes. There's like 10 minutes. So I know wow. what a long form can be. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. You know, it's it, it po podcast. I, it was not, a, it was not planned to really be a, um, a part of my, of the way that I express myself. I just, I, when po podcasts started becoming hot, I was kind of like, well, you know, I really do love talking on panels and making uh, appearances and teaching workshops and stuff. And I get such a high off of that. And I was like, well, why not create an opportunity as a multi-hyphenate? Mm. Why not create another opportunity for myself to be able to get my philosophy and my stories um, across as well as bringing other people into the mix? And, you know, every, you know everything that we do as multi-hyphenates um, yeah, we're artists, we're artists that have multiple proficiencies across pollinate, self flourish, professional capabilities. We, um, everything that we do, <laughs> there is a stake of, um, of, uh, of, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just one of those days, I guess, cause I talk about this all the time and now I just can't think of it. Um, of oh, investment. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, Michael, don't, don't ask me for words. Cause I've been I've barely been able to speak today. Dude, yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> no, it's it's just one of those days. It's mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, I, what day is it? What time is it? What year is it? I just couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, my but my mind know, is still on Saturday, even though it's Monday morning. You know. And it's like we don't have to really show up anywhere. I'm 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 quite in my PJs right now, but <laughs> I'm tr I'm attempting to talk to you as if I'm wearing. Um, an opening night outfit. So that, well, that's <laughs> how I'm picturing you right now. 
Thank you. I'll send you a yeah. picture just so you know of me in an <laughs> opening night outfit, just so we can really solidify that. But really, you know, you know, creating things for ourselves, mm. um, they are investments of of time. Yep. Um, and inv- and they really help. You know, even though I'm just I'm just telling my stories and talking about who who I am and what I do, there's going to be someone that's going to listen to this, and there's going to be a guest on this podcast that is going to plant this seed in someone else's mind over a cup of tea or a cup of coffee over lunch. And then that will spread and grow. And um, just like I say, I'm the Dolly Levy of Dolly Levi. Um, <laughs> Dolly Levi. <laughs> Fantastic. Speaking of Dolly Levi, I had tickets to go see Imelda Staunton and oh. Jenna Russell um, do, uh, you know, obviously, um, hello Dolly, but, um, in September, but I think that's just going to have to wait. I think I'm gonna have to wait until that gets put back on, but there you go. Well, I had two trips lined up for London this year. Right. One, I was supposed to leave on the 22nd and it is the 20th. So I was supposed to leave in two days to come to you. The next is for October. Right. So hopefully well, that will still happen. Fingers crossed that we'll be able to have a coffee at the theater cafe here in London's West End. It would be my treat. Uh, it's going to happen. You know, I would, I would love that so much. Let's just, I'm firm believer in putting it out in the universe, manifesting Me too. and seeing it. And I will see you in October. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, if you want me to tell the story of why I got, why I decided to stay here in London, but I, um, my, I've been married 26 years this year. And awesome. when I was, uh, yeah, thank you. And when I was, when I uh, came over to London for the first time, uh, I think it was uh, 19 um, mm-hmm. and just about to turn 20. And I remember standing in Piccadilly Circus and mm-hmm. out, outside the uh, outside the Criterion Theater in front of the mm-hmm. statue of Eros and said, one of these days I'm going to play one of these theaters in the West End. And I promise you, not five, six years later, I was standing outside the Criterion Theater, which was the theater I was appearing in. I could see the the Piccadilly Theater, which is my first debut theater in the West End, and up the street from the Theater Royal Haymarket, where I was just about to leave and go play. So I those three theaters I could see from that spot. But I put it out in the universe. And I think it's a huge thing of just say it out loud and let it happen to you is well, obviously make it help make it happen, but it will come. I'm going to make a connection to your story. Go for guess it. What the, guess what the first theater I was in for my first West end show was. I don't know. It was at the criterion. It was the criterion. Oh my gosh. What did you see? 39 steps in 2012. Oh, what amazing show, huh? Yeah, it was amazing. And I'm bummed because, you know, you did, um, what did you do? You did in, while I was there, the Leisure Society. Yes, yeah. And and I don't know why I didn't see it because it was, you were there and it was Trafalgar, right? Mm, it was Trafalgar Studios, yeah. It was like, it, listen, it was, what an incredible show. And um, uh, it was an incredible show and an incredible cast. A- again, Ed Stoppards was uh, in it and Aggie Dean, um, Melanie Gray was the four of us. And it was one of the hottest tickets in London. I mean, it just, it just, that show hit at the right time and it was impossible to get a ticket. Um, 
Uh, and yeah, maybe why that makes it, Michael. Maybe maybe that's why you didn't get it. Get to see. It. Honestly, because you know it was my the way that my program because I, I said it at Ithaca College. Um, musical oh theater, yes, okay, yeah. And there's a um, a semester built in that has mm. a a, Lo- a London semester, and um, the school, the Ithaca College London Center, is uh, on. It's on the Gloucester Road stop. Yeah. Um, Harrington, Harrington Gardens, if I remember. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was yeah. the, it was some of the best five months of my life. It was, oh, um, wow. it was unbelievable. I, and uh, that's why I'm so excited to talk to you because I have so many things to ask you and talk to you about. <laughs> yeah, I can't um, wait. But, um, but built into our program, we saw about 25 shows. And then wow. I, on top of that, saw about 15 more on my own. So that's a really saw, going in six months time. That's very good going. Yeah. Five months, five, five months. months time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, and it, yeah, because it, I was just so smitten and I, I don't know if I, it's, this is just a geeky question, that's but one of the things that I was absolutely enamored with was the, she was the production of she stoops to conquer at the national theater in 2012. <laughs> right. I, I don't know if you saw it, but I didn't know. Sophie Thompson. Ah, yes. Was Mrs. Hardcastle. Right. And, and I was, I immediately fell in love and I'm obsessed with her. I literally, she think is incredible. She, I think that she is the bee's knees. And then I flew to London uh, about a year and a half ago to go see her do um, Bracknell in uh, earnest. Yep. The, on, that was, was there on on the uh, it was uh, on what was it down the um, was it the Aldrich? it was on the Strand no, yeah on the it, Strand it was on, vaudeville yeah. it was at the vaudeville theater it was wasn't it the vaudeville you are that's correct. right yeah that's right I was just I'm just so taken by her I loved her so much and um you know saw that saw the I have a great story for you if you don't mind me sharing um, go please uh well what you talk about um when you stood there and you saw your career basically unfolds in front of you. That's what I've been doing my whole life is manifesting. And, uh, and I have that relationship with Les Mis specifically. It's my favorite musical and has always been right. my favorite show. And um, when I saw Pippin at the Mini a Chocolate Factory um, in 2012, Frankie, well, I knew her, well, it, she was Francis at that time. She's now Frankie, but Francis Raphael was, uh, Fistrata in that production. And yep. I fully geeked out, fully <laughs> geeked out. Um, and it was also cool because they were filming the Les Mis movie at this time. So there was a lot of, um, synchronicity and, mm. uh, and geekiness for me. And, um, I, you know, at the many a chocolate factory, uh, one of my favorite this, theaters. Um, I was supposed to go see Al Silber do Indecent. I was that's one of the reasons why I was flying over there was to go see Indecent yep. at the Menier. Um, but I sat I was sitting at the bar at the Menier, which is right by the stage door, and out comes Francis, and I was like, Oh my god, I'm obsessed with you. I was just you as Eponine for Halloween. Oh, and she made me show a photo of her and it was cute. <laughs> it was, it was lovely. We took a picture together. And then, um, five years later I had moved to the city. Um, I was, I saw deconstructing Patty, which was a concert with Seth Rudetsky 
right. after um, a, produ- a performance of War Paint. And, um, and it was Patty's basically a Patty concert. And then she started doing a dream to dream. And then she stopped and wel- welcomed Francis Raphael who came on stage and um, they sang a little Les Mis number. And then I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to the after party. I have to say something. <laughs> so yeah. I went up, I went up to her at the after party and I was like, I, hi Francis. I'm not sure if you remember. She stopped me and she went, you were me as Eponine for Halloween. What? What? And, and I was like, Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, well, I've moved to the city and I, you know, I, I'm making new friends, so we should be friends. And now we're friends. Oh, <laughs> that's how it. That's how it works. It was always meant to be. Always I know. Beshert Yiddish. It's Yiddish. Beshert is Yiddish for meant to be, and I say that oh. all the time. Wow, I love so, that. Talk to me about your journey in the way. I'm. I didn't mean for that to take up so much space, but I love it, that. I think the importance of of seeing uh, of of seeing something so crystal clear is very very mm. important to me so talk to me about your career talk to me about uh, all the different things you do how sure. call i, I want to know everything oh well we've got i mean yeah it's almost like how much time have you got because exactly. i mean my my you know it's so befitting that this is a, a podcast about multi-hyphenates because I think I've always been one. Even growing up in high school as a kid, I di- I could never. I didn't have ADD or ADHD because I never. I, I I would finish what I started, or I would go through with a project and have an idea and just and go with it. But I I hate being put in a box, Mike. I hate being put in a box too. And somebody go, oh, well, you are a producer now, or you're an actor now, or you're a director now, or you're whatever. Like, I can be all of these things at any one point. I, I have these skills in my in my wheelhouse that I can call upon anytime. So that's kind of the end, end bit of that answer. The beginning was I, you know, I... Um, I kind of came to acting late, I suppose, I, all, all, of wanting to do it as a profession late. Um, I started out doing high school, the, my school plays, and it, my, I, I keep people have heard me say it before. I say it again, you know, I was, I did um, Happiness from your good man Charlie Brown, and mm. as a kid, and they, all the parents were like, "Yay, whatever!" And it, there was applause, and I thought, "This is cool." Like all I have to do is sing and be a goofball, which I like to do anyway. Um, and then, and then I get praise for it. This is fantastic. So I just carried on doing that. However, I started getting into computers and like building them when I, when I was, um, in high school a little bit, I carried on doing high school, uh, school, uh, plays in high school and things like that. But I also enjoyed, you know, computers, computer music, computer graphics, all that kind of stuff. And my dad was in the military and he was getting posted to, um, he was getting posted to South Korea. So I went with him. I thought one more trip on the government dime. I was just, I just graduated high school in 29 Palms, California. Nothing to do out there as well. I thought, let's just go. I was applying to drama schools and things like that. So um, universities, I got accepted. I was going to do a, a music theater degree at Florida State University. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and ended up going to Korea where I learned to build computers. So uh, it, this is, this coincides with my West End stories. This is fine. I was building computers. I got a secret clearance with the U.S. government to build and fix and maintain computers and security cameras 
um, for two years <laughs> while I was out there, which is insane. And we, I used to go into the DMZ and wear a, a, a helmet um, that signified I was um, part of the U.S. You know, they were you weren't allowed to point towards the north because they could shoot you. But I used to go and find severed cables, and we used to have to go and fix these security these CCTV cameras. And what? I remember being 18, 19 years old, going, Whoa, "This is insane." But yeah, so I here and you know what? This is a funny. I thought when I applied for the job, it was because somebody had come to see a play at the Yongsan Performing Arts Center in Seoul, Korea, which is where the expats and the military families got their theater fix. And I needed to do something when I first arrived. And I I auditioned and got um, a role in this farce called The Foreigner. And, um, and the guy that ran this company, The Fixing Computers, was... I guess enamored took took to took to me came to the bar afterwards and said, "Hey, what are you doing here?" I was like, "I just got here like six weeks ago with my dad. I've got no, I've gotten a job. This is my kind of job." And he went, "Well, come work for me. I'll teach you how to fix computers." So I was fixing computers during the day, and I did six shows a year at the Yongsan Performing Arts Center in some capacity. Wow. Um, mostly performing, but I also helped direct the high school kids. I ran the lo- lights, I ran the board, I designed things. So I, I really started learning my, getting my multi-hyphenate skills and doing all of these, all these things uh, at that point. And, and so I also, I also love planes, Michael. I am a propeller head. I love, my dad was a fighter pilot. So when you know your dad flies planes and they, you just you get the bug. And my grandfather was also a fighter pilot in World War II. And, um, uh, and I, um, I, I just, it's in, it's in the blood. So I thought, you know what? I love flying. I'm going to go take my um, aptitude test to be a fighter pilot. And again, and th- this is also indicative of me and uh, part of my character. I just, I didn't study for it. I just took the test because mm-hmm. I didn't, I just thought, let's see what happens. And I swear to God, if I had answered two more questions correctly on that test, I would have been, I would have made the grade to be a pilot in the U.S. Marine Corps flying planes or jets. You know, I would have gone in, and I might not be talking to you because I love flying that much. However, wow. say, saying that, however, you know, I did qualify to uh, that day for the Coast Guard or to do uh, fly uh, helicopters in the Army, and I thought, actually, I don't want to go flying in hurricanes, and um, I don't fancy helicopters. I like planes. And... Um, and my dad, who was a colonel, full bird colonel in the Marine Corps at this point, who had seen me doing everything at the Yongsan Performing Arts Center, like performing for two years, he'd been and and luckily enough, my dad is actually in a in a show with me as well, which was a Broadway review show, and I got to act on stage with my dad and my brother, which will never be topped, I think, for me in on stage experiences. But my dad, after that. And when I was applying to look and maybe think about going into to be a fighter pilot, my dad said, son, you would make me the proudest father if you decided to be a fighter pilot. He said, but you're going to have to take orders from people that aren't as smart as you. And he said, you know, go act. You're good. And he just really wanted me to follow my dream. He saw how much I loved acting and saw that I was kind of, and if I'm being totally honest with myself, I was kind of applying to be a fighter pilot to make him proud of me. And Mm -hmm. he was very proud of me, watching me on stage and told me to go do that. And 
And he's never been more proud of somebody following their dream. How beautiful is that? It's a great, it's a great thing, you know, and yeah. And it's, if it, you know, it, it's it's a true true story, which is makes it even better. I haven't I haven't kind of done this to make my dad sound, um, you know, like a, a softier because he could be pretty tough. Um, but he just thank God I had the support of a father who I at one point thought was like Robert Duvall and the Great Santini. He was a hard ass, you know. He had he was the strictest dad growing up. He was scary. Uh, he hates the fact that people thought he was scary, but it's true. He is a scary man. Wow. He's kind of big and booming, but boy, has he supported his kids. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, you know, what's really interesting is I think that the, he said something, you just said something that he said that really resonated with me. And that was the, you're going to take orders from people that are not as smart as you. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think as a multi-hyphenate, that might have sat with you subconsciously or presently a little a little with with a little more weight because mm. as a multi-hyphenate we create opportunities for ourselves where we're the one calling our shots in our own lives that's right it did you know saying that it it it, it takes me back it did not sit well with me that that uh, suggestion that, that i would have to be taking orders i'm an actor <laughs> like I, I act and and I also do a lot of voice of I take direction all the time. Um, but it also there is a dialogue. There is it's a two-way street where there's a communication. It isn't like a yes sir, no sir situation. Right. So I do um I have gone into a, an industry where I take orders all the time. However, there's a collaboration and military ain't about collaborating, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't have, um, I, I think I was watching across the universe with my boyfriend and I looked at him at like the part the draft part of the, of the movie. Mm. And I looked at him and I said, babe, what's the draft age? <laughs> and, <laughs> and he, and he said, 18 to I think 22 or 25 or something, whatever yeah. it is. I cleared it and I went, okay. <laughs> just yeah, because yeah. you know i yeah. it, it, my my dad used to tell me stories about when he he was called in for for vietnam and he yeah. you know for whatever reason was not um he didn't pass like uh one of the health checks or something like yeah. that but it's like you know so many 
uh, it's just, I, I would, um, I don't think I I'm built for that at all. No, but you know, it was the, it was the greatest gift my dad could have given me. Like he knew me, of course he did, you know, and I had to trust that my dad knew me. He wasn't going to say, yeah, go act mm-hmm. because it's an easier choice, you know? Um, and all that by him kind of also saying, come to Korea, come to South Korea because, Look, it's an adventure. You don't. You, he was adamant that I went to Korea, and I, I was like, again. Now he was he was telling me I had to do something, and so I fought against it because I had to go. But right. as soon as I got there, I realized, oh, this is where I'm meant to be, and then that's where I met my wife. You know, I met her as I was 18 years old. I met her when I was 18. We wow. became friends. Um, you know, she went to Durham University here in England, and I followed her. You know, we were we became friends. Where long before we were dated, we were friends, and and then I followed her to university, where I, st- I started acting at university. Um, I did an English degree because I wanted to study Shakespeare the way we didn't study it in America, like deep diving. Right. I took the Shakespeare module twice because I loved it so much. Um, you know, and got an agent my last year at, at university and started acting locally with Tiny T's television and doing bits and pieces. And I, I, I just kind of felt, God, Michael, I am so blessed, man. I'm so grateful for what I w- was given because I, I, with that agent, I came down, I got, okay, I didn't do the best. I did Elvis the Musical was my first ever show. And it was a, they call it a number one tour. So we played the biggest venues in the country, you know, um, Liverpool up at 3,000 seaters and everything else. And then went into the West End. And I made my West End debut at the Piccadilly Theater. Um, and then from there, it was Reduce Shakespeare Company. I got to tour 120 different theaters in 220 days. And, wow. and I know it's insane. That's the Reduce Shakespeare Company for you. But, um, but you know, again, West End, and all of these things have, have were because I listened to my dad because I had to go to Korea. But and then the West that that West End experience just kept going, and I, I've been lucky enough to have played on many West End stages now, and many many more non West End stages. Um, uh, just lucky, lucky, really, and yeah, makes me um makes me some. I smiled with gratitude, absolutely smiled with gratitude. I mean, you know, as, as I was, um, getting, you know, looking, looking up your information, just thinking of, of things that like jumped out to me, you know, your, your resume on curtain call, mm. um, it's so, uh, it's so colorful and, and it, <laughs> and it spans so many different aspects of yourself as as tv film stage director yeah um you know all the the education that you've that you've received it's it's such a cool your 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 resume is so fleshed out it's so three-dimensional um now what i have a question for you you know you're saying that you know you're so grateful for the things that you experience um i want to know some of your your uh, challenges that you ran into, some of the things that maybe this day wasn't as easy as the others because um, I, I just want to know more about that because as yeah. multi-hyphenates, I, I feel like because we do so many different things, we, um, we're we brought some more, more challenges than, um, than, <laughs> than some other people. And, uh, and I think that we're constantly thinking about how to overcome them. Okay. That was a challenge. Now, how am I going to solve this? How am I going to resolve this? 
Absolutely. I think as a multi-hyphenate, the, the biggest challenge, you know, the fact that we're multi-hyphenate is a blessing. It's also a curse. And because people will put you in a box, I said before, I hate being put in a box. But yep. I also, as much as I'm a people pleaser, I also feel I, so I will fight tooth and nail to get the job and to make sure that mm. I have done my preparation that, you know, if it's, even if it's for like, if it's for a teaching gig, which I also do, I teach kind of networking and audition technique and stuff for, for drama schools over here. And I'll, and then I'll get there and go, oh my God, why am I here? I don't deserve to be here. So I, I'm blessed with this, um, this massive ego, but the lowest is self-esteem when I, when I do it. I mean, I, I don't like say I'm egotistical, but my ego says I, I deserve, I need to be there. I, I, that's what I want to do. And then I get it. And my, my self-worth is on the floor. So that that is one of my, that's one obstacle that I put on myself. But because also what other people do is that they see John Schwab, the actor, when I've been given a director role or when, when, I'm, when I'm producing a film or I am I'm running a workshop or doing it. So people are like, well, he's just, he's just an actor. They've put you in this box. So you have to come over that. And sometimes I do unfortunately will put on the wrong hat when I step into a room. And that's something that th there's a mistake where you kind of go, Oh, well, I've got my producer hat on and, um, and I've, I've overstepped it because my directing instinct has kicked in and I've said something, you know, uh, one thing multi-hyphenates have to do is bite their tongue a lot. <laughs> and, and sometimes I just don't. So I can find myself in a situation where I should have held my tongue. Um, and it's not being mean or anything, but offering and offering input when it wasn't my place. Um, I have, you know, it was, I directed a play in the, at, I directed a play at the same stage that Leisure Society was on in the West End. And it was, I think I wasn't ready yet to, because I also jumped in as producer on that play. And oh my God, that was a big mistake. Directing and, and producing a West End play um, was really, really difficult. Um, we, listen, we got, we got reviews, five-star reviews and one-star reviews for the same play because it was a, a comedy that didn't sit with everybody. Some people absolutely loved it. Some people absolutely hated it. And the people that hated it, I expected them to hate it. Um, they still send a reviewer. I don't know why they do that, but that's okay. <laughs> um, and the people that loved it, I expected loved it. And so, But I, it nearly killed me. Um, it nearly killed me, Michael. I, I was, I, I, I just, it drove me into the ground, that play. And that was because wow. I thought as a multi-hyphenate, I could do the producing. I could do the, uh, the directing. I could do the, the um, you know, run the design and marketing and ad campaign. I could raise the money. I could do, you know, I could absolutely do everything. Um, you know, run the press night. Dude, I just wanted so much control. And it's like, I got this. And oh my Lord, did I learn very quickly that I don't got this. Um and uh, I look right. back at that as a huge <laughs> learning curve, yeah. One of my things that I do is that I kind of, I sit back and I go, how, how do I want to be involved in this project? Because for me, I don't, I personally don't need, and I think that you, what you're talking about is that you learned this, is that I don't need to use all my proficiencies at once for everything I do. I'm comfortable with being like, for this project, I'm going to work on the photography aspect. And then yeah. for that project, I'm going to be just, just a performer. And then for that project, I'm going to just be a producer. 
And then if it's a project that I'm more hands-on-y about, like um, my one-man show, that's when I'm like, okay, I can, I have the capacity to see things as, uh, you know, the bigger picture. So, you know what, I'll pull two of my proficiencies and throw them on this project. And it's sort of a mix and match thing. And, um, and that way I'm not overwhelmed. And that way I, I know, you know, I know my place because it's like, I don't, you know, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. Yeah. I don't want to be that person. It's hard because you know? then, but sometimes people will look at you. I mean, Michael, I'm sure, you know, I, look, you're a brilliant photographer, right? Oh, and, thank you. you know, and you, I'm sure that people, if you're around anyone that's doing it, they'll look at you <laughs> and kind of go, is this okay? And it may not be your place to say, but you, on any job, you might be in, in that job as a completely different role, yet you're there with the experience and the nows and everything else for that photography. You know, it's, it's hard to judge where well, you fit in. What's really interesting with other photographers, if I'm the actor or if I'm a, the producer on it and there is a photographer on set because it is, the photography is primarily my income and what I do. Um, I feel like I'm more, I'm much more sensitive to their needs and wants. And, um, you know, I have been treated like bull poop, um, by people really as a, as a, Oh yeah. As a photographer. And, and it's helped me figure out what I want to do and what I don't want to do and, um, how I express myself as a photographer and, um, in a way paid, paid my dues, you know, I'm, I, I, and, and so, um, when I hold court, when I'm an actor or I'm a producer, I make sure that that photographer or anyone, the videographer, the photographer, anyone that is any other aspect of the, this, this monster, whatever we're doing, yeah, that they are treated with respect and that they make sure that they are seen and heard and feel that they can come communicate and also that we that i i'm aware that you are an artist and a human being you know because Absolutely. some people don't see that i think that's what i think that's the uh, multi-hyphenate superpower michael i honestly do i think the superpower is that they can relate to everyone we're the master yes. mitigators we're the master mitigators we know when to um, to jump in and when to stay back. You know, th this is me contradicting what I've just said when I've tried to do everything, but that's, I learned a shit ton, sorry for swearing, um, of, no, of please swear. Yeah. <laughs> I learned so much. I, curse like a truck driver. I know, man, I'm terrible. I'm keeping it all under control, but I, <laughs> I, you know, it is, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly believe that, um, being able to adapt to any situation, being able to talk, through and mitigate any situation is the multi-hyphenate's superpower definitely i love i love that you said that i think that and i will always quote you when i bring that up that really resonated <laughs> and i think that's really cool is is that is uh, a superpower that we do have and also a, you know i just want to um follow up piggyback on what you're saying about contradicting ourselves i think mm that as multi-hyphenates, we often contradict ourselves because this is such a new conversation. Yeah. 
you know, how yep. we handle things. I think that the multi-hyphenate has been around for a while. Like you said that you were doing it in high school. I was too, but it didn't have a name. It was just, I loved to, uh, I loved, I was there for musical theater, mm-hmm. but I also um, created videos for the fine art department and produced events and ran the monologue room at Florida State Junior Thespians and what? you know what I mean did all of that stuff I dabbled in the production in the video and the performance and um no one said it no one said anything it was just like oh yeah Michael likes to do a lot of stuff but now that we're able to base a career off of it because the modern artist has to be informed in a lot of different aspects of themselves and their artistry it's worth conversing about and talking about. And now that we're actually doing it, we're going to be, you know, there are so many ideas to talk about and some days it feels right. And some days it doesn't. And that's what we're learning. I, t- I totally agree. I could not agree with you more. It, yeah. It's it's that's why I love doing this podcast is because I get to take notes and go, you know what? That really resonated with, with how I look at things and then others, you know, um, Others don't, you know, there's the conversation of what, when you're a multi-hyphenate, what can, what, uh, what, what are the possibilities? I like to think that if you, if you are paid on a macro level and you do it, you lead with those proficiencies, that's how you are as a multi-hyphenate. I don't think Mm. that, and they also have to relate to each other, like, saying that you're a roller skater, a knitter, and a performer doesn't really say that you're a multi-hyphenate to me. That's more of <laughs> skills. That those are skills and or your the, your hobbies. And sure, maybe you can yeah. sell those stuff, but how does it directly correlate? Yeah. And then there's the level of um, I'm trying all of these things. But then I go, okay, I love that you're trying these things, but would you feel comfortable taking a job doing one of those proficiencies? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I On can directly correlate this. Yeah, I can directly correlate this to any social situation. Everyone says, "Oh, he's my friend," or "They're my friend," or you know, they, uh, oh, "I know this guy." You know, "Oh, I know him." And you go, "Listen, I I know a lot of people." Like, so a a friend. If if you have a skill, think about it as a friend. Is it a true friend? If is it if it was someone that you'd be willing to introduce another one of your friends to, so. If you put it in the situation of a job, would you be willing to say, I can do that? Or is it like horse riding for an actor when everybody says they can do it, but guess what? Black Beauty comes up and you got to ride this thing over a fence. You're going to be found out very, very quickly. Yes. Yes. That's why just being honest with yourself and, 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 you know, it's so funny talking about free work. It's like, I think that free work is needed as an artist if you Mm. are discovering aspects of yourself you know sure um like if you are like i really want to dabble in photography well what i would say to you is pick up a camera ask your friends to shoot post it on social media see who's interested and then after you've discovered your your voice or your your feeling what you want to convey how you fit that's when you start to be like okay i'm gonna do this for a hundred bucks Okay. Yeah. I'm going to boost up my prices. Okay. You know what I mean? That's yeah. when you have the conversations with yourself, but you have to, you have to figure out your artistic boundaries. I uh, absolutely agree. And, um, yeah, just, it helps you not get caught out. And 
<laughs> like, no, you will get found out. Nothing travels further yes. in this business than lies. You know, do exactly. not say you can do something if you can't. So you don't want to show up, you know, um, somebody is, is on the back of somebody saying, oh, I know this guy, he's a fight director. And you show up because you've got, yeah, I can fight direct. And they want you to do a sequence that's, you know, they want you to, they want to do the fight sequencing for a West Side Story, you know. Um, <laughs> you might get you might get caught out there. It's it's the new lying on your resume. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Now, talk to me. Talk to me about the creation of Curtain Call, the theater network. So this is this is a perfect example of multi hyphenization, if that's even a <laughs> word. <laughs> so I had an idea um, for. A computer game. See, this is this is how crazy it is. I have an idea for a computer game. I put it out on social media. Who knows any coders out there? I have an idea for a game, and um, I I want to get it done. So, uh, somebody that I met on a shoot said, "I work for this computer um, uh, company. This you know this this development company in." Farnham and Surrey here in the UK, and come down and meet us. So I did, and I showed him this computer game. They're like, this is great. This is fantastic. What else have you got? And at that point, I had an idea for a, a theater website like the IMDb for theater and um, where it was just a little bit more than like the Playbill Vault or, or um, you IBDB know, it, it, or something. IBDB, which is very specific. This was, I wanted yes. something to go much further because I have a great IMDb page. I love it. It's great, but it's only half of my career. I have a lot of theater credits that are nowhere near IMDb. So it only it it, it just shows like the gaps in between um, were filled in between filming jobs were filled by theater jobs. Anyway, and I showed him all. You know, I, I showed him what I thought would be this this book that I wanted to produce as well. And they went, John. This is great. We, uh, the developers went. Actually, we th we think this is a uh, this is bigger, a bigger idea than the computer game. We think you should do this curtain call annual thing, like the play, play like the Playbill annual. You know, Playbill used to do their annual, and I thought um, the West End doesn't have anything like that. Um, right. And what we could do is a supporting website, but make it where people can show their theater credits. Anyway, this book I then called. I wanted it to be more photographic and have proper, um, just just you know, really relate to what uh, a year is or, or to what uh, a production is. So, um, I thought, well, let's start out small. Let's just see if a year will work. So, I called Matt Humphrey, who is my business partner. He's the my co-founder at Curtain Call, and I said, and he he and I met. He was working on the flies at the Old Vic. I think it was understudying Kevin Spacey. In this, in the wow. production of Speed the Plow, I think that he was, he was, a, we met like 14 years ago. And I called him and I said, Look, I, you're a backstage photographer. I've seen your backstage photographs because he was taking, taking photographs backstage during a production from the fly floor, from the, from the wings, everything else. They were amazing photographs. And I said, I want to do a year backstage in London theater because I have this idea for the IMDb of theater and this supporting website. And would you want to do it? And he said, Absolutely. So we started out thinking, We'll make this beautiful coffee table book. If we get 10 productions that let us come backstage and take photographs, we will be on to a winner. Um, we then, the Society of London Theatre then found out what we were doing. Uh, we met with them. They they put it out on the producer's um, mail out saying, these guys are doing something great. 
help him out. So we ended up doing 60 productions, including every Olivier-nominated show that year, where we went backstage during the show. Um, and Matt photographed from the wings and the flies and everything. And from, from the warm-up till the final bow, we had we were there backstage during these shows, which you can do in the West End. I don't think you can do in New York. Um, definitely not during the show. I have a lot but, to talk about in that <laughs> department. I, listen, I, 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 I know we do. We've got so much. To, I can't wait to turn the camera around uh, this interview as well uh, later this week. But um, so we, so during, so what was happening was I was taking my Zoom field recorder and talking to the cast, and you were hearing Tanoy announcements coming on, and I, I would t- chat to everyone in the cast. And Matt was taking tons of photos during the show, all that kind of stuff. Took th- I mean, literally tens and a hundred thousand photographs over the year. And we and I had uh, hundreds and hundreds of hours of audio. Um, the book came out. Um, it was a massive 400-page coffee table book called Curtain Call a Year Backstage in London Theater. Um, we sold four and a half thousand copies. We sold out. Um, and you know, listen, if there are any uh book publishers out there that would like to license the second print, we'd be happy to talk to you. <laughs> um, we, uh, and, and then that, when we made the supporting website for that, Michael, this is a long answer to a very short question. The, the supporting websites, we started knowing, finding the connections between people who were working on different shows. And so the website started to become like this IMDb for theater where people were building profiles and putting in their credits and those credits started to link through right. their their theater jobs and it, it and, and so that's kind of we went from that wanting to to support 60 productions um as a supporting website for the book it's now turned into curtaincallonline.com which is a platform where people um could can can find work and you know where, where we find ourselves these days there are no jobs being posted on there at the moment but people can go on there and apply for jobs people can put their um build up their CVs that then begin to connect. It's kind of like IMDb. If IMDb and LinkedIn met and had a love child and that love child caught the theater bug, that would be curtain call. And that that is where we find ourselves today. And now we're on the Broadway Tech Accelerator um, run by um, the IT mentors out in, in Apple and Orange's out in California with Tim Kashani and the Schubert Organization in New York. And so we are building our platform to be a useful tool for theater professionals and anyone who is a gig economist to um, to show that their skills, the credits, where they've worked, who with, you know, who was the director, and then and let themselves be discoverable. So it's from the idea for a computer game, and this is how this is the definition of a multi-hyphenate, like going in, right, I'm gonna do this into now be uh, now I'm a tech entrepreneur. Um running this company with Matt Humphrey and and you know along the way podcasting because we had all this audio to then start podcasts with four and a half years ago we started podcasting and um now we have a few podcasts and come from away commissioned us to do their whole backstory which is an eight-part miniseries you can hear on the Broadway podcast network which we're now a part of which I'm super proud of um that that's that's kind of how this whole curtain call thing is coming about, and if that doesn't say what a multi hyphenate does and how they think, it's not schizophrenic. It's just I have these ideas and I have to make them happen. John, I've learned so much 
today talking to you. So <laughs> oh my gosh. thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you. Um, I, I can't wait for everyone to listen to this. And, um, you know, I, I really am feeling super inspired. This is, you know, we recorded this on a Monday, mm. even though every day is blurring together. It's like, <laughs> I've, I'm still feeling refreshed and feeling energetic and you bring such a beautiful, positive vibe um oh, to the thanks, conversation Michael. and i and i can't wait to uh hang with you when i get to london in october and, hey listen um, i i'll put it listen if you need a place to stay michael my mikasa sukasa we have we have oh. we have spare bedrooms so um oh. please come come and stay i'd be more than happy for you to be my guest thank you sir you're amazing thank you <laughs> You're welcome. Where can um, where can uh, we find you on social media? So all I am uh, at John Schwab. It's J O H N S E H W A B. Um, that's on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, I'm John Schwab. Um, you can find Curtain Call on and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Curtain Call, all one word. Um, and, uh, the website is curtaincallonline.com where we have loads of podcasts, loads of exclusive photographs backstage over the last five years in, um, London, uh, West end and around the globe, actually, um, theater. That's amazing. Or I can't wait. I, I just, I can't wait to continue this conversation with you. I know um, this is part one. With, this is part one, Michael, part one. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, we're going to have a good podcast swab. So swap, yeah. uh, <laughs> swap. So it's going to, uh, I can't, I can't wait to talk more. It's going to be awesome. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, John. Talk soon. See you soon. This podcast is produced by the Broadway podcast network. Make sure to find me online via Instagram at the Michael Kushner or at the Dressing Room Project, or on Twitter at mkushnerphoto, and visit me online via bpn.fm forward slash dearmultihyphenate. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.